Sex isn't intimacy. Sex is pleasurable and becomes more pleasurable when you have intimacy. Not sold? Let's rethink love, relationships, and sex. Let me seduce you. You are listening to the linguist of love. Welcome to the erotic renaissance. Hello, and welcome to the erotic renaissance. I'm Meg de la Torre, your linguist of love. I am honored to be here recording an episode of the erotic renaissance following my long cross-country business-as-pleasure journey. I started in my home base of San Diego before jetting off to Las Vegas to see my sister for her birthday. I then journeyed back to my hometown in Bangor, Maine to do some major healing before road-tripping to New York City and living some dreams with another beginning erotic artist before flying back home to San Diego. This journey truly was business as pleasure and was filled with a lot of erotic risks and exciting new content that you'll see first on OnlyFans before it goes in my erotic gallery on my website, linguistoflove.com. L-I-N- That's L-I-N-G-U-I-S-T of love.com. Before we get in today's episode, I feel it best to remind my audience, especially those that are new, that society and the progression of humanity is vital to my personal and professional existence. So it feels pressing as a woman who finds herself in a mission related to sex, kink, and taboo to address some current human affairs in relation to a woman's right to her own reproduction and life. As an erotic artist, I face daily judgment and confusion when people meet me. I can tell they want to love me as a person, but upon hearing that I create erotic art, I can feel the other person deciding carefully how to feel about talking to me any longer. Before anyone gives a listen to the ideas in my podcast or voyeurs the art that I create, they assume I am someone to fear. Rather than giving space to meet me as a human who takes great pleasure in the erotic and pleasurable, I am thusly assumed to be after something. Thus, it feels greatly important to me, as an independent female and erotic artist, to let out a little rage in response to recent political choices made by the U.S. Supreme Court. This is the time to admit how much I definitely adore using eroticism to start a ruckus and be an advocate for not only equal rights, but an advocate for the betterment of society and the world at large. While I don't have much experience feeling rage, 
most loved ones close to me would detail how passionate I am. And passion is as close to rage as I really feel. When I would begin to feel anger as I was growing up, I would try to repress it immediately. I can imagine this is a coping mechanism after a strictly religious upbringing combined with watching women try to attain positions of leadership and power. I would watch these women daily criticized as people interpreted passion as being out of control or crazy. So I come to you with the same voice I have always used, but with a little more passion, because today I have a lot of rage in my body, and I have learned how to channel my anger into scholarly inquiry. So today, please enjoy this passionate plea for you to take pleasure in your own power of choice. Because I am discussing choice today, I want to start with discussing intention. Intention is one of the most beautifully important aspects of choice. For example, consider for a moment gifts. I can give a gift to a friend of mine with the intention of seeing her smile and for her to feel loved and known by me. The gift will then be carefully chosen for her, wrapped in a way that will elicit delight, and paired with a card that will thoughtfully explain how important she is in my life. One can also lack intention when gifting something, and the lack of intention will show. As many of us in America felt the past week over this Supreme Court decision, I also felt rage brewing when my sister notified me that the Supreme Court took a constitutional right away from women. Thus, in many states, women now do not have equal access to legal and thus safe healthcare options to terminate a unplanned pregnancy before she is ready to take on the role of motherhood. So, to reiterate, the Supreme Court has decided to take away the choice to become a mother. My own mother was faced with this decision in 1990 after she became pregnant with me. I was unplanned, and she was not married. Her family, although religious and Catholic, reminded her that she could choose to end the pregnancy and they would support her. And given the support of her own family, she chose motherhood. I come to you with this story to remind you that as much as I find her choice so beautiful, I would equally in hindsight see her other choice as also beautiful. If you know me or followed my last podcast, you have heard of some of the traumatic experiences I have had as a child. So, if she would have chosen to follow her dreams and wait to be a mother, 
I rest easy with the belief that my soul would have chosen her to be my mother again at another time when she was ready. My mother could have chosen motherhood when she knew the father would be loving and nurturing. The pregnancy and the course of her life, my life, and the lives of my siblings probably would have been a lot easier and more emotionally freeing. However, I love her even more for choosing motherhood when she chose to face these challenges. I am a stronger and more independent woman because of it. Thus, to turn back to motherhood, when a mother doesn't have a choice, she doesn't have the opportunity to have a decision over her body, her life, and certainly not the choice to give her child a life she hopes to give. A pregnancy with the wrong partner can lead to a lifelong pattern of abuse. It can lead to a difficult pattern of poverty because the parent is not in a privileged position to get the aid they need. A pregnancy, because it is the right thing to do, can lead to a misplaced child in a home where they aren't really loved and nurtured. That isn't to say that a mother won't still try to do those things to the best of her ability. I have known many mothers who work tirelessly to try to provide a better life for their children. However, it makes it harder for her to be the mother she wants to be when she must work for odd-end jobs to keep the rent paid, nourishing and timely food on the table, materials for school, transportation, childcare when she is working those two to four jobs, not to mention extra money for the experiences she hopes to give her child for an enriching and full life. To turn the mirror to the Supreme Court, and as a reminder, that is whom I am addressing first and foremost. My next question is, What is your intention of taking away this constitutional right, as it has been a basic human right for nearly half of a century? What are you intending to do? Because I am calling your bluff. I have the feeling that your reasoning isn't pro-life like you claim. Why else would this happen only weeks after guns were used to take the lives of children in a Texas school? If this decision were truly made in alignment of pro-life, wouldn't we care more about the life of the mother and child during pregnancy and offer support while she is struggling? We would offer stipends, for businesses to put fathers and partners on leave to support the mother and family as they all get situated in a very new phase of life. 
We wouldn't expect a mother to leave her young child in the hands of strangers so she can keep her job. We'd provide not only adequate, but excellent education for our children so they can bridge the gap between poverty and wealth more easily than their ancestors before them. If America were truly pro-life, our country would welcome refugees warmly because a country that is abundant in freedom should be more than willing to house those fleeing for freedom. If you were pro-life, you would provide free and accessible health care to everyone because all lives are precious. If you were pro-life, you would be funding programs that help discover new ways to circumvent diseases that continually kill millions of citizens. And if you were pro-life, you would nurture the ancestors that are passing away instead of making millions off of them. While I am often someone who channels my anger into passion, I know I cannot be the only one asking and hoping for change. And this is the point in which I come back to the power of you. Change happens with our daily choices. It comes with your choice to get loud and demand better treatment. It comes in the seconds you don't spend in a dead-end job that doesn't meet your talents and passions. It comes from doing something different, even though different is hard. And as always, I will gladly start us off and hope that you join me. In closing, the enemy isn't Republican or Democrat. It is something else. I hypothesize that the enemy is apathy. It is the decisions we don't make and might not even consider. The moments we don't ask for justice. When we fail to demand freedom and safety for each other. I have a revised American dream I would like to present. An American dream in which it takes one voice to remind you that someone is human. And in my American dream, everyone rallies to help. Before I close this broadcast, I want to quote one of my favorite thought leaders, Martin Luther King Jr. He said, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. He goes on to say, We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Never again can we afford to live with the narrow, 
provincial outside agitator idea. Anyone who lives inside the United States can never be considered an outsider anywhere within its bounds. I'll end with one last question. Why are you waiting for a problem to affect you? I promise that when something affects me, it indirectly affects you mutually, even if you don't see why yet. You just might not see what is coming up in an undisclosed agenda until it's already a sharp pain in your own back. And freedom and independence, especially over one's body and life, is a freedom I refuse to relinquish. I'm Meg de la Torre, your linguist of love. Let's get loud. <laughs>